0: Hello and welcome to the Pinch of Magic podcast with me, Rebecca Anuwin. So today I have another fantastic guest with me today and it is Jessica Starr and she is a Welsh folk witch. And we were just talking. I said, oh, how do I introduce you? Because I know you from being an author. I know that you do astrology. There's so much that you do. And you're like, well, I actually have got, you do have a title, but it's Welsh. And I'm like, oh, please, would you mind pronouncing that before (laughs) I do a disservice to all of my Welsh neighbours? So Jessica, welcome. And share with us your Welsh title and what it means. Hi, thanks for having me on. It's
1: really lovely to be here.
0: And yes, I am a Welsh
1: folk witch. And I'm sort of playing with the title of Kavaroid at the moment, which means like law keeper, story keeper. It's like a community role. So it's almost like the kind of old wife, like he and wife kind of in the stories. And um, the person who kind of guides the story, keeps the stories and kind of keeps those threads of community going. And like the knowledge of things as well, like the plant knowledge and the kind of ceremonial knowledge and those kind of things.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's <laughs> yeah, it's huge it's bigger than the word welsh folk witch and i love that because stories are so integral aren't they they're like everything you just said then it's like how we teach how we share how we pass on the the traditions the wisdom the magic so tell us then how was it that story became such an important part of your world and how did the magic weave within that
1: oh yeah story been something that has just been a constant for me always and like before in the last sort of few months or so I've changed my channel name to be Jessica in the Moon but before that I was the Story Witch was what I was my name online because Story was just so I feel like there's more we can embed more truth in Story and we can understand more neons and richness it is it's truth it is truth like you can understand the truth more of a story than just being told something you know like you get told mm. this is something and you're like okay but then you hear a story and you can you can assimilate it you can like digest it and you it becomes part of you whereas yeah you, there's nothing else that does quite does that I suppose yeah.
0: songs but then songs are kind of like stories
1: with tunes Rhythm.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just thinking as you were sh- sharing that it's like in, you know, when you studied Shakespeare. If you ever studied Shakespeare at school, it's always the fool that can tell the king the truth, the com- the comedian, the storyteller. Anyone else would have their head chopped off, but the fool has that ability to walk between both worlds, sharing the story of truth and doing it quite safely and I guess that's exactly what you're saying about story isn't it there's a truth there that people can digest because it's not confrontational it's just like oh this is how we transfer and you know cultures have done that for a long time especially cultures that have been silenced they would pass on through song through poem through story to keep that alive
1: yeah yeah that's beautiful I love that and so yes I mean it's got that element of it of like this is how we we kind of keep our knowledge you know we transmit our knowledge through story but also like you said about the fool is it's got that element of being able to travel between the worlds as well so it's like mm. this is the world of the sort of you know in inverted commas real world and then this is the story world but there's those borders are not concrete you know is yeah. there's a lot more to in and fro in between those borders and yeah story allows us to cross into the other world into those borders
0: And I think the other thing about stories is so great. I mean, they are places of magic, aren't they? Because obviously our words are spells. Um, But we can change the story for the audience so it lands appropriately. Like if you're telling a two-year-old a story, you might tell your eight-year-old a story, but you'll maybe focus on different things or you're telling your grandma a story. You know, it's just like we can just change it but keep the essence real. And so I think it's quite interesting sometimes where we're like, no, this is the original story. It has to be told like this. And it's like, yeah, but stories are designed to change with the needs of of what I believe anyway, the needs of a culture, the needs of an understanding. And, you know, we can still keep the archetypes, even the structure of the story is the same, but it just some it's nice to have like a traditional and the air quotes original story as to say true story but actually that's not true that's not right <laughs> but the original story just for like the heritage but I think stories are designed to like change as we do definitely and I think
1: that that for me is where things have gone a bit strange now that like the whole written word is prioritized much more over oral mm-hmm. storytelling as well you know it's like we tend to take in stories much more from reading rather than from being told stories, you know, having those stories kind of woven around us. And when stories get written down, it's almost like they get captured, you know, and it's like, this is the pinned down version. And to me, it's like, you know, like when people like catch insects and then like pin them into these cases, you know, it's almost like, oh, you know, it's, it's almost painful in that way because stories are supposed to grow and, breathe and change with the cultures definitely and I think that's why we see so many amazing like retellings of of like fairy stories folk stories things like that you know people want to they engage with the stories because we are they are part of our like vernacular they're part of our uh, understanding of ourselves and the world and so of course they're going to change and we're going to you know like move with them and so yeah like you say it's nice from a like historical point of view to have This story was written down in like 1100 or something, you know, and that's amazing. And we can look at this story, but that's just the story as it was like pinned down then. Mm. And the story itself is not like to me, that's almost like it's not like I suppose not dead as such, but it's like it's
0: well, it's like having a photo and being in the presence of a person, isn't it? It's like that photo captured how Jessica looked on, you know, (laughs) in this particular day on this particular month. That's how she looked, but in like two months' time. Maybe you look completely different. Maybe you've dyed yeah. your hair. Maybe you've changed the clothes that you're wearing. Actually, I'm sure you will have changed your clothes. <laughs> but... I <hope> so. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and it's like, and so it's just like you've grown and evolved, and maybe you changed your earrings or your neck, you know, all of those things. And it doesn't make that picture a lie. It just made it a snapshot, a moment in time. Yeah. 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 And like the essence
1: is still kind of there, isn't it? Like the bones of it, the skeleton of the story is there often in those like pinned down tellings. But yeah, like the stuff all around it and like the the emphasis where you put the emphasis on it changes as well, doesn't it? As, mm. as the story kind of evolves, different parts of the story become more important. And like, it's so interesting when you read like a story, you know, really well, and like you might may have like put it to one side for a few years and go back and like totally different things come out of it then, don't they? Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, that's, I didn't understand that story like that now until I've had these different life experiences and I'm seeing that story in a different
0: way, connecting with that story in a different way. Well, I often think that about, randomly, even kids' cartoons that you watched as a child and they seem perfectly <laughs> innocent and, you know, you remember enjoying them and then you watch as an adult and you're like, holy broomsticks, what was I watching? <laughs> you know, it was like, what on earth was that? And again, it's just like... It- kids look through the eyes of innocence and wonder don't they and then you do think parents what were you up to but <laughs> you know but you like you say it's like you start to have a different understanding and the nuances land differently and you know with life and experiences and emotions and trials and tribulations it's like you resonate to d- different things all the time i remember watching the film oh so long ago the film gladiator and I came out of the cinema going, oh my God, that was such a romantic film. And in my head, it was like the biggest romance I'd ever seen. And then I watched it a second time and I was like, what drugs were I was I on? I like, there was not that much romantic about it at all. But in that moment, I don't know, obviously I felt like whimsical about like love and like joining his wife or whatever. And the next time I was like, no, that was pretty brutal. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what was going on there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and like you get you get out of it what you are kind of looking for. That's the beautiful mm-hmm. thing about it as well, isn't it? And like if you've got a storyteller or like a writer writing a story or someone telling a story and like there's all these different people in the audience and they all get their own different things out of it, yeah. don't they? It's like this amazing food that can adapt itself to all of the different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just there's nothing else like that, I think. It's it's very, very special. It's magic.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so they say there's three versions of the truth, your version, my version, and the truth. <laughs> it's like that. the same with stories, isn't it? It's like, like you say, everyone in the audience is going to have their mm-hmm. own version. So obviously there's a passion there for story. How did that weave into, like, did that come before the magic and the witchery and all of those interests? Or is it the the thing kind of weave together at the same time? Because like you said, your handle used to be like the story witch, and now that's changed. but. How did that kind of like evolve into your relationship with magic, I suppose?
1: For me, like the story and the magic is like interchangeable. So I feel like from as long as I can remember from when I was really tiny, I've always understood stories as being like a a deeper sort of truth. And that Mm. magic is very much the same in that. I don't see magic as being like, oh, you know, you get a grimoire and you read out these certain things or you do these certain things and then you'll get these results. You know, it's I don't do that kind of like ceremonial magic. But the the, for me, magic is more about connecting to, I'm an animist. So I believe like that the world is alive, you know, and Mm. it's full of magic. And every day we are like engaging with that magic. And stories just give us those pointers of, how to kind of interact in that kind of, in a storied way, I suppose, in a in a deeper, kind of more meaningful way than sometimes we are kind of, I find that in our modern life, it's very much like you don't have time for stories. They seem almost mm-hmm. like kind of fun and frivolous things, you know, and magic the same. People are like, you know, that's mad. You can't, you know, what do you mean magic? That's not a thing. That's for children, you know, in yeah. the same stories, they're for children. Whereas the truth is that it's for all of us and engaging with story, engaging with magic is something that I remember reading like stories when I was sort of eight or nine years old and, and like sort of like witchy stories and stuff and being like, Oh yeah, okay. And then doing the thing, you know, trying out things that people were doing in the stories, you know, and there was one really amazing book, uh, Jenny Nimmo's, the snow spider. Have you read that? No, I haven't. Yeah. It's a, It was quite big in like the sort of eighties, I would say, maybe like yeah, sort of like mid eighties. And she wrote a whole. They they kind of based. She's a Welsh writer. She may not be Welsh. She might be English, but they're like from Welsh literature. She gets Mm. a lot of the tropes and things in the stories and the the kind of archetypes in the stories. Let's hope she is Welsh then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, Welsh culture is one of those ones that has been appropriated quite heavily with uh, lots of things. Yeah, but in the stories she talks about is, they are they are like animist based stories mm. and I was like oh yes I that's how I see the world and now from reading that story it gives me that validation of like I'm not the only person who sees the world like this. Yeah. You know, it's really there's definitely more to it like I was that weird child who was saying to my parents when I was like four years old like I really want to go to church and they were like why you know like we, they, we weren't like a kind of churchy family or anything at all and i was like cool because that's where people talk to like spirits and stuff you know that's what happens in church that was in my head that's what you know yeah happened. yeah and then yeah like and then my dad was like okay then well we will go and we did go then for quite a while and i was like oh, i wasn't quite what i was looking for <laughs>
0: you know? i wanted to talk to the trees <laughs> <laughs> not yeah, sit there was- in silence <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it wasn't quite what i expected but it for me it was like adults having relationships with things they couldn't see which was mm. something that I wasn't seeing like in around me with you know with um adults that I knew would have thought that was that was you know fairy stories that wasn't that's not a true thing a real thing whereas like my experience of it very much was well there are other beings you know yes mm. you definitely can talk to trees and they talk back to you and If listening to them is a much better thing to do you know it's yeah it's much more rich than that so I think the stories and the magic definitely wove together and like helped me to to be able to to it validated me it felt made me
0: feel that I'm not the only person who understands the world in this way Mm. so how does that like story animism and magic how does that look in your like everyday experience of life
1: it's so it's funny isn't it because it's like to me it's just so normal so mm. I guess like every day I do I actually do prayer now which is something i brought back into my practice in the last like few years which was something that I was like oh that's very dogmatic you know I don't want to be doing prayers and stuff now but now I do like um goddess prayer and I do um every weekday I have like a different little altar setup I've got several I've, I've got loads of altars <laughs> because there's something so nice about having like the the like touchstone there that you can go yeah. to that altar and you can kind of work at that altar but like for each of the different days of the week I've got an altar for the um the different planet that's associated with that day so like on Monday I have my moon day altar and you know like it, it literally takes 10 minutes or so you know but I'll like light the incense that goes with that altar and I'll you know pull some cards that go with that and say i use the orphic hymns so like these hymns that are thousands of years old to like kind of invoke the energy of that planet and so I've not heard I'm of connecting. them <laughs> yeah so they like
0: so where do they come from the orphic
1: yeah so they like hellenistic kind of like in the greek the greek um like I don't say it in the Greek. People do, you know, use the Greek actual translations, but I find that really difficult to, like, pronounce all of the stuff. So I use the English translations, which are, like, I can't think of the name of the person who did them, but they're quite nice, like, quite poetically done about, I want to say, like, about 150, 200 years ago, somebody, like, translated them all into English. And, yeah, really, they. are you know they are all fashioned <laughs> in mm. the language and stuff but I, I don't mind that you know I like the kind of ritual of it and the structure of it I find it's a yeah. good like introduction and then I use like my own words then to speak as well um and so yeah so that's like in the morning
0: and so you and have like seven, uh, well, obviously more than seven, yes. but you have seven altars. Are they all in the same space or are they yeah. scattered throughout the house? Yeah. They're only tiny. So my ones
1: for the for the planets are all on one wall. They're like wine boxes. I actually made a video where I did like a little tour. Oh, of wow. The, um, yeah, it's yeah, so like, yeah. you know, like you get the old wine boxes that you can, I got some of them like landscapes some of them portrait and then they are just kind of decorated out as the... When you say
0: wine boxes, do you mean like those cardboard ones that go in the fridge or do you mean like crated wooden The crated ones the wooden ones yeah (laughs) yeah I just had this image of you with all these little wine boxes on the side (laughs) like cardboard ones I was like that's a lot of wine lady (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah okay no I've seen that what we'll do, we'll put a link to the video in the show notes so everyone can, like, have a visual look. So we'll do that because I'm going to go have a peek <laughs> at that afterwards too. So you've got these these wine boxes. <laughs> Sounds pretty nice. Yeah. It's, it's very Greek as well, though, isn't it? <laughs> you, know, yeah. you can imagine all the planets, like, having their, their wine, especially Saturn. <laughs> you can imagine him having his big, good old jollies, can't you? <laughs> He'll love the wine boxes. Yeah, so you've got the wine boxes, and then you, it, within that, you've just got the moment for the day.
1: Yeah, yeah. so, like, I'll... Sort of do the hymn for that deity of the day, and like, like, like the incense and the candles, and then like, I ask them for like help in certain things, like according to what that planet is about, you know. Mm. So it's like I'll ask different things from Mars, than I might from Jupiter, you know. So yeah, yeah. so and I find like by keeping in, I what I feel like I'm doing is like I'm weaving myself into the flow of life. I'm weaving myself into that, uh, just. It, it makes it easier everything feels easier when you're kind of in the flow of doing things in that way rather than kind of trying to impose and like fight against it so i try to like plan to do certain things on certain days because that will be better for the energy of that day you know rather than it being
0: um like forcing it on a different day you know i think that's such a beautiful way of looking at it like you just said, weaving yourself into life instead of trying to dominate it or use all of your energy to like summon some kind of like, let's (laughs) fake it, fake control (laughs) over over that day. So how would you recommend someone do that if they're working like a traditional nine to five?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's easier for me because I work from home and so I can mm. do that. But like it this doesn't take it's not like this is a long elaborate thing that I wear robes for or anything like that. You know, <laughs> I literally do it in my pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes holding a cup of tea at the same time, you know, it's not it's like ten minutes. Mm. So you could, but if you were working, you know, and you found it too much, then you know, people can do it in the evenings if they wanted to, or just find like, not everyone needs that daily. I, I feel like daily just works so much better for me because it just feel it gets me in the in the mood for that day. It gets me understanding the energy of that day. Mm-hmm. And and I, like, I also pull some cards and stuff as well. So, like, the full thing probably does take, I don't know, like 20, 25 minutes. If I've got longer, then I, that's great. You know, I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll have half an hour today now, you know, yeah. to do this. But it could be. You could definitely shorten it to literally just a couple of minutes. You know, you can have a cup of tea, light some incense, and listen to a song or something. Mm. You know, it's, it's anything, isn't it? It's just it's switching the energy so that it's more mindful, more conscious, rather than it being like I'm up and I'm thinking all the things I've got to do today, and I'm I'm already
0: working. And you're on already that. in the day, and you're hit the, hit yeah. the floor skiing through it. Now, yeah, I love that about what you're saying about the altars as well, because when I think about my work with the goddess Caridwin it's like you know when I was going through my training I'd stand in front of my altar and I'd call in all the elements and I'd do all the invocations and now she's lucky if she gets a wink from me (laughs) Yeah, I've got a statue I'm looking at her right now she's right in front of me and I was like there you go sweetie there you are (laughs) <laughs> and some like days I bring all the stuff in but often yeah. it's more of like oh yep yeah, she's still there that's good <laughs> and when you've got that
1: relationship that's what it's like isn't it I think mm. that's what it is it's often when people are first starting you almost do have to do more because it's like when you first are making you know like you're building a relationship with somebody yeah you do need to to kind of make more effort because you're kind of being mindful of you know learning about them making that yeah. connection whereas once you've got that connection it's it's easy then, isn't it? It's like people that you know really. You hang out right in your pajamas like, just...
0: then, can't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're friends yeah. now, we're having a cup of tea in our pajamas. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
1: it's exactly that, isn't it? It's not and that's not like irreverent somehow, you know, it's not like it's um it's rude or something. You know I used mm. to feel like that. I'd be like, Oh am I being rude now if I like do it's this? It's being and... isn't it? It's
0: like, <laughs> like, like, like they care. Yeah. Well, I don't believe they care because whether Mm. I show up my robes in ceremony or whether I show up in my pants (laughs) (laughs) with with a cup of tea, it's like the connection is still the same. Exactly. It's the connection that's the important bit, isn't it? So that
1: however you facilitate that, then that it doesn't really matter, does it? Mm. the, The ceremony part, I think, is more for us, like for humans, because it's almost like we feel like we should do more and it should be kind of grander it can't be as as like
0: small and simple as just having a chat which is yeah. actually what it is you know i think also with the ceremony it does take us out of everyday life doesn't it and it yeah. makes it it it's like a demanding that we are present and our only focus is in that moment whereas mm. both are great you know yeah. to go from Yeah, I can't remember the last time I actually did an official ceremony. But anyway, (laughs) they are great too. (laughs) It definitely is.
1: And like, especially when there's other people as well, because it is, it's a big deal then, isn't it? And Mm. it's like, we're putting all of this effort
0: Amplifying the energy. Yeah, Yeah,
1: for sure. And like, it does, like you say, it it definitely, you have to be in sacred space then, because you are like making this whole beautiful space, you know. Mm. But then I think we can learn to shift into sacred space well, I believe that sacred space is all around us all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's not like we're going into sacred space and then we're in, in some sort of profane space, you know. It's like sacred space is everywhere anyway. But I feel like we can learn to shift our connection levels, our kind of resonance levels. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. But you can the kind word, of like...
0: Yeah. And say the word. On, that, the, I say the word that comes up for me a lot is reverence.
1: Mm. It's
0: like holding that space or that that moment of pause with reverence and when you're working with a deity or an element or it's just like having reverence for that, that energy and your own energy. And I think, yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. What and she you shows can up. do that.
1: You can learn to do that really quickly and really easily, mm-hmm. you know, to sort of flip into that um, much more easily just with practice, I suppose, you know, yeah. like just doing it. Because
0: I had a, um, someone asked me a question once and they were asking like, how do they know like when to pull back on the magic because of like their own like mental health things they were going through at the time and i was like well for me it's not i, I don't do magic it's like i just am <laughs> it's just like yeah. we, all of, not not me cuz i'm special but all of us it's just like we mm. live in the energy of magic it shouldn't be something that we do so therefore it's not about i mean obviously it's about looking after yourself and doing exactly what you need but but mm. i sometimes think people confuse magic with spell work And obviously, you know, working spell is very, very different from just being in the magic, you know, living with awe and wonder and living with connection rather than like physically doing all the things, getting all the energy and then asking for something. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that's to me, that is very different.
1: So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say just that that is very much like if you think of spell work as being like that ceremony where you get the mm. robes on and do all that kind of thing, whereas like the cup of tea in your pyjamas connection is the like the everyday magic, the being, yeah. the living it. Like you say, we are magic. We're in, it's all, we're breathing it all the time, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh gosh, I love magic. So how has your own practice changed? Because you said that you've gone from like the story witch into more of the moon, which I guess is like the seasons and the cycles. Mm-hmm. So, what what was like that definite shift for you when you're like, No, I'm claiming the seasons and the cycles? I think
1: it we moved house about six years ago, and mm-hmm. before that, we'd moved quite a few times, um, quite close together. So, like, we'd only been spending like a year and a half, maybe two years in a place, and then, well, I, I say in a place, I literally live like two miles from where I was born so you know it was (laughs) (laughs) it was all around this place but it just was in this particular home that we're in now and when we moved here I feel rooted now it's like Mm. before that I was I was connecting definitely to place and to season but the stories were more what was carrying me whereas now I feel like I've got here I've connected I've made really good connections with like I got this massive oak tree in my garden and then there's another one that's just in the wood just behind our garden and it's like I can I can put down my roots here now mm. and that's what kind of is embedded me in the landscape much more so so now I'm like storied into the landscape but now I'm also like rooted physically into the landscape and that's what made the shift for me then it was like now I have to observe and and like because like what, what you're saying about noticing that is such a huge part of my practice it's just noticing like that for me is prayer you know it's where mm. I'm like oh there's the first nettle coming up here in this particular spot you know oh that that's the first um, you know like catkin that's come on our hazel you know or that catkin's just opened now into golden on you know and it's just that kind of level of noticing when you're in the same place year after year seeing that it's changed well it's changed me you know it's made me feel like okay I'm ready to be planted now it used to scare me before because I used to think the problem if I plant myself I can't move you know it's like Mm. what am I gonna I'm now stuck in this place I wasn't ready to put those roots down and be connected to a place like that whereas now, but but what I wasn't realising was that you can't grow unless you planted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very very true. <laughs> yeah, I've got um, an Instagram account and it's just pictures of nature of like my local area, and I just love. I, I I don't hashtag it or anything. I don't even put comments on it. I just share a photo and that's it. And I just love scrolling back through it and going, oh, the daffodils are out a bit early this year. <laughs> Like, oh my god, we had yeah. snow then, it was two months earlier before. And for me, there's like a great beauty in recognizing those cycles and mm-hmm. and how they change each year, too. You know, yeah. obviously, we both live in the UK, come the the Celtic wheel of the year, it's very obvious. It's like, oh yeah, look, here come the snowdrops, here come the daffodils, yeah. oh, <laughs> here comes the blossom, the hawthorn. Um, we're very linked into that calendar, which I think yeah. is brilliant. But also, it's. I always think it's very interesting just to notice those ebbs and flows within something that is very routine for us as a nation. Yeah, so, yeah. So and then we, it
1: doesn't do it on those dates, like you're saying. It's like it's not like oh May the first, now the hawthorns bloomed. We're gonna do you know this is what happens. <laughs> you're early. Like, Get back <laughs> to bed. <laughs> no, you're not
0: yeah. allowed. That that shouldn't yet. be coming out yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's
1: because that wheel has become like known all over the world and it's almost like the the, that's the disconnect for me with that it's like celebrating things that are happening in the landscape when those things aren't happening or when they happened like two weeks ago or even a month before that happened it's like that's what I want to get back to is doing it when it's when it's really happening Yeah.
0: yeah I mean I like using them kind of like the moon as a touchstone You know, and it's like, oh, we've got to change the season. Let's just have a look. What's going on around me? Can I, how can I feel that energy within me? Um, Because to be quite honest, unless it, you know, unless I had a date, I probably would forget. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah. It's like, I love lunar time. And quite often I've run many, many programs when they start on the new moon. And then my head starts going, oh, hang on a minute when am I supposed to share that? And so then I just went back (laughs) to sharing on the first of the month. And it's like, here's the stuff for the rest of the month. And it's like, I so desperately want to be in like a no calendared space and like guided by the moon. And yet part of me just, (laughs) the way my brain works, it's like Monday to Friday, I can work that one out. (laughs) The first of the month, I can work that one out. And of course, you know, I hold a virtual red tents every new moon and full moon. So I do Mm -hmm. know when they are, but from a like a, a bigger standpoint of like oh yeah I have to get stuff out for the first of the month it's easier for me to recognize when the first of the month is rather than checking my calendars all the time yeah
1: yeah we've been in both of those calendars we We live in I I see it as being like linear time like the calendar time as being like Mm. the kind of I, I don't like how it's like split into masculine feminine and it's like we've associated so many different things with that. But I see the linear time as being like more masculine in the, let's try and strip away all the other baggage that goes around that. And then the, the kind of lunar time as being, and the seasons and kind of connecting in with that, What I, what's actually happening is being like the feminine, yeah. um, the spiral time, you know, yes. we've got that linear and that spiral and they both, like we were saying before about the ceremony and the, like the kind mm. of quiet cup of tea, these things can
0: coexist and it's beautiful yeah. that they do. I suppose for me, it's like, as you were saying that, it's like, oh yeah, the calendar for me is the the structure. Like yeah. Monday to Friday, it's a nice structure that I can re- then relax my lunar creativity into. And I can do yeah. whatever I want because I know on the first I'm doing this. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm going to have it ready for there so I can create and swirl as much as my heart yeah. is content. <laughs> so how... What like tangible changes have you seen since you've been like embracing? I still love what you said earlier. Like since you've been weaving yourself into the flow of life, and like into those seasons and into a more like cyclical energy rather than like go 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 go, regardless of how you're feeling. Like that, the energy of override. So how what how how is your experience of life or things in your life changed since you've embraced more of that? I find that I am. Slower now, <laughs> which might also be a getting
1: older thing, but <laughs> I like I allow myself to rest now, which, like, I still find that hard because, like, we're not supposed to, you know, in inverted commas again, you know, it's like we supposed to live by that linear time all the time, will not we? It's like, you have to do this because this is what you're doing at this particular time. And you can't have, you don't have seasons as a person, you know, whereas we definitely mm. do have seasons as people as well, you know, where we need to have like quiet rest times. And when we have like the summer, everything's blooming, mm. you know, this is a kind of fun, exciting time kind of thing. So I've seen in myself now that I've, I'm observing myself with the same kind of kindness and wonder almost as well when yes not almost wonder as well of like oh look I'm doing this now <laughs> mm. or like I need this now and so I'm allowing that in myself a lot more than I was before and I think like other things have come like I said getting a little bit older also my children getting a little bit older so I've got a little bit more time and space to do those observations whereas like when they were little and they were just you know it's 24-7 demands yeah, all
0: encompassing
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you just kind of get lost in that a little bit and I feel like it's lovely now how we're kind of we're still really close like and we home educate so they home as well so we're kind of around each other but it's lovely because we can I'm observing the seasons in them as well you know and they love to, to like it's great when everyone's synced up but not everyone you know we don't always sync up with that so <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's just kindness I think as well like an an allowing and just being open to I thought I was going to do this today but perhaps I'm not going to now because I wasn't quite ready to bloom on that day
0: yeah yeah how does that fit in with your family are they are they interested in what you're interested in? I mean, obviously, if you've got that many altars around the place, I'm sure they're aware of them. <laughs> I mean, do they have their own altars? Are you, are you encouraging like a magical way of life? Or is it just like, it's just part of your household and that it just is?
1: I love that you said a magical way of life, because that is definitely how I see it. Like, I'm, I, I've i i never been like, this is what I believe. This is what you should believe. Or, you know. Yeah. That's, I just don't want to approach you with them. I want I want it to be more that they come to whatever they believe in themselves, you know. So I try and be like, these are things that people believe, you know, these are options. And I do like to tell them lots of stories. <laughs> so like they'll find the truth of those stories, how they, What's what works for them, what resonates for them. But yeah, as it. I think inevitably, like they've seen that I am very... I get a lot out of my practice so I mm. they see that and they can obviously think yeah I my son he's younger he's just coming up 10 and he is very interested like in the nature cycles and things like that Whereas my daughter is more interested in the astrology, and then more like she's Mm. an Aquarius. She's got a lot of plants in Aquarius as well, so it's quite a lot of like heady air energy with her. So it's like it's the tarot, it's astrology. You know, that's the sort of things that she's interested in. And she does, she does have an altar. My son is not. He's like outside. It's his, his altar.
0: garden. Is the altar, for yeah. sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my little boy. He said to me the other day, he went, "Mummy, Mummy, come here! Something really weird has happened." And I was like, "Oh, this is exciting! What's that, babes?" And he went, "Look at that tree!" And I was like, "Because that wasn't there yesterday." And in our, in our uh, full moon. In the full moon in Libra craft session we did, we made prayer flags to send out like harmony and balance to the world. And I'd made prayer flags and hung it in the tree that at midnight. So when you wake up the next day, he's like, "That's weird." So I found myself then telling him what these prayer flags were, where they originated from, and would he like to add a ribbon to the ribbon to it. No, it's all right, and off he ran doing his own thing again. <laughs> I was like, come on, add something, but no, he, he wasn't interested. But it is they just I think they're just immersed in it, isn't it? It's not something like I consciously teach him, but I am waiting for the day when he realizes like not every parent has a cauldron or multiple cauldrons in their house, and maybe that's a little bit unique to my mum. Um <laughs> but you know, we'll, we'll cross those bridges when we get there, or which is my
1: son saying when we we did a um it was like a Halloween. Do you know Lush, the shop Lush? With yes.
0: the kind of um
1: like the homemade body stuff that you can smell workshop. a
0: mile away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. he
1: did a bath bomb workshop when he was about I don't know, like four years old or something oh like that. Gosh, and we Mom. were making these bath bombs, and they were going to be like witch bath bombs. And he announced to everyone, "Oh yeah, my mum's a witch." Yeah. And like, there's like, oh, like, oh. like sort of thirty parents all here, and I was like,
0: "Oh, that's a bit awkward." <laughs> <laughs> And these days, like, oh, please. Interestingly, it was a lush bath bomb that I got sent on my birthday many, many years ago that turned up, I think like six weeks late, that was a caradwin bath bomb. And I was like, okay, for the love of all that is cardwin, I'm he- I'm hearing you. She was appearing in every book. And then when she came through the post in a bath bomb, I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm listening now. <laughs> I can't possibly ignore her call anymore. <laughs> so I know that um your your magical practice is developing into a more like goddess centered I'm not sure or focused um practice how's that showing up for you and what what kind of brought around that change because the goddesses have been showing up quite a bit in this conversation already so yeah
1: (laughs) yeah like I've always been in more is a goddess path I see my path Mm -hmm. as being you know like I appreciate very much the stories of weaving like the god and the goddess and things like that but Like, I definitely feel like the goddess has been made into a minor character a lot of the time in stories. And so I I feel like my role, part of my role, well, my main reason for being here is to re re rekindle goddess as the main character of the story. You know, that she is the star of the show again. And yeah, like, I was very is very feminist in in my approach in university I used to do a lot of like sort of uh feminism kind of activism and stuff like that but now I see it being more my feminism is coming through by bringing her by bringing goddess into more people's consciousness and like showing people how to work with her as a as like a committed practice that isn't anything like what you do when you go to church and work with God, you know, is a completely different uh, relationship. It is a, it's an intimate relationship. It's not a like dogmatic or didactic kind of, I'll tell you how to connect kind of relationship.
0: An off planet God with his stroking his beard, (laughs) smiting the people that don't behave. (laughs) It's like intimacy rather than scary father. Um, (laughs) Is there a particular goddess you feel called to work by or is it like goddess as concept? That you work with
1: i i
0: the way i I
1: see it is that goddess is there's like there is one goddess that is literally everything the whole universe is her body and yeah. then um and then that for me splits into three different threads, which is like the red, white, and black threads, which are the different kind of categories of goddess
0: so like yeah like the, like the like, magic
1: the red yeah. black yeah. Yeah, so like for black is kind of like the dark mother. So it's it's more bringing the energy of like closure, of endings, of clearing space, that kind of thing. Mm. And then the white thread is the like the virgin goddess who is like initiating and, and bringing new things forward. And then the red is like the mother thread, which is like allowing merging of the masculine and feminine and so like like that kind of pooling takes place in that Mm. red thread but those are like archetypal and then I do connect with like named goddesses who I see sitting under those different kind of umbrellas kind of thing (laughs) that's not a good way of describing it but it, it does it's all one but then it's also more than one as well Yeah, it's
0: like you have the whole tapestry and then you have like the individual threads that make up the tapestry which can go up up and down so do you find yourself mainly working with a lot of welsh goddesses or do you find yourself drawn to to a particular pantheon what is your experience or do they they come and go as and when you need like different energies i have
1: had a goddess who has been with me since i was about sort of three or four years old Mm. who um I didn't know who she was then she she was this lady on a horse and I was always like who's this and then as I got like started reading more stories like I was like oh that's Rhiannon and oh, yeah. she is with me, she's with me all the time and she mm-hmm. is one of the mother goddesses for me in that red thread um and she then helps me to bring through uh, connections with other goddesses as well and yeah and um, we, I do. I have like a membership program where each month, <laughs> each month, <laughs> from full moon to full moon, we have a a new like a, a kind of personified goddess that we work with and kind of learn the wisdom, kind of connect with that specific goddess for that period of time. So mm. I find that practice useful as well. So like, yes, I I have Rhiannon. I also work a lot with Mary, but I see Mary as being Rhiannon in her white and black aspects right so it starts getting kind of a bit like esoteric and everything but weaving
0: is. the tapestry aren't <laughs> yeah. you now
1: yeah <laughs> it does. It, because it's like that isn't it it's like the world is so much richer and more storied and more mm. magical than we're kind of allowed to believe now and so it's really it's like oh yes you know you get that's why it's, it's mysteries isn't it it's goddess mysteries women's mysteries and we're like
0: finding our own answers to the mysteries as part of the like the fun and the joy of it all it's not not talking about your threads here but it's not black and white it's all of the things and it's like one goddess can be in your terms the the black red and the white at different times and incarnations and in how you need it and so sometimes your head goes how does all everything fit together <laughs> you know when, it, when you're looking at mythology and oh my goodness and who's married to who and who's whose brother's sister's cat's dog's friend I don't know you know and you get lost in all of it but that's kind of the fun of it
1: you mm. know it's just like
0: just trusting that you're remembering the parts that you need and I love the fact that you're like you say you're working with like the goddess a goddess each month because whether it's one that you feel particularly connected to, when we study their stories, when we listen to that thing, again, it brings you back to the stories and the learnings and the teachings and like, oh, how could I embody more of that particular energy? Not in a way of like claiming that energy, but just going, oh, the archetypal energy of that. Who doesn't need a little bit more strength, courage, wisdom, love, (laughs) you know, bravery, whatever it is at different times. And like you said, what I love about it is, I work with Caradwin, and I'll be picking up that mantle again later this month, which I'm very excited about. On on more training to dive really into the mythology of her, is that she's often presented as a witch, you know, Mm -hmm. as an old crone, but her story is about motherhood and her Mm -hmm. children. So to me, she is a mother goddess who knows how to use a cauldron and herbs. Still mother energy because she's cooking yeah, yeah. she is preparing a cauldron yeah. As a her son. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly she was once a you know dubious way of going about it but she did want the best for her son you know before she like maybe wanted to kill someone but that aside she was doing it for the love of her children and so to hmm. me that puts her in the category of mother goddess and yet i see her as a like air quotes dark goddess because of that that wisdom and you know that kind of crone like energy but we kind of still associate crone with like with an old lady who's like mean and to me she isn't she's a mother goddess and yet there's someone else who have an experience with her and she's like no no definitely an old woman (laughs) yeah and and if you google images of caridwyn mainly old hag crone type people come up Mm. Rather than I have one picture of her by Dan Goodfellow and I'm so excited um his him and his wife Danu, they've got a uh, oracle deck coming out this year. and his depiction of Caradwin is her with a big belly, like a pregnant belly. I'm like that's how I see her
1: (laughs) and that's her cauldron as well isn't Mm. it it's like yeah like a lot of cauldron and mother goddess goes together as well yeah like Mm. productive cauldrons rather than cauldrons of knowledge like cauldrons like you say that are cooking but yeah, yeah that's the I feel like we've been trained out of trusting our own connection and trusting our own understanding of of these different archetypes you know it's like oh unless I can find a an essay to back up my take on this goddess yeah, it's not true or valid Yeah, it's yeah. hard it's hard to have that confidence that you're actually receiving truth yeah. but yeah I think that's something that is that we learn through goddess work is that the truth is we we do know you know we do know in ourselves and so yeah if you're connecting with Kelly Dwayne in a mother aspect then that is what's true oh, say
0: her name again for me Listen to to it pronounced in Welsh, everyone. (laughs) Hopefully after my training, I'll be pronouncing it in Welsh too. Not Keradwin, Rebecca. (laughs) Keradwin. Because I remember when I was doing my training on said goddess, um, my teacher really was like, oh, I, I... so much about that training just like ooh, echoes in my bone still but in and not a good way I should say rattles <laughs> <laughs> she was like oh yes that person got sick because they dedicated as a priestess of Keridwen and then didn't do anything with it and and I was like Keridwyn it's not a smiting goddess I'm like you've just transferred all of your beliefs about god onto a goddess and I was like that is not my experience of any goddess is that they come and smite you because you haven't done enough devotional service um um, again i guess what you believe you receive don't you but yeah that is not my experience at all (laughs) so anyone out there who's thinking about connecting with goddesses open obviously respectful reverence but yes it should be i believe a it's almost like well it's a relationship and for me that's magic and for you you know that very much shows up as animism it's like creating relationship with everything that we do and that mm. just fosters the energy of respect, and I don't think respect can ever be a bad thing in any shape or form in anything that we do.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's like in indigenous cultures, they like if they talk about right relationship with mm. with everything, being in right relationships with with everything, and that was seen again like when colonisation happened in lots of countries, those cultures were like infantilized because of that. They were like, these people have got these primitive childish beliefs about things. And now we're looking at it and being like, actually, there's a lot of...
0: <laughs> a lot of- there's a lot of wisdom, yeah. especially when it comes yeah. to tending the land, yeah. understanding how to work with the land, understanding how to grow sustainably, yeah. understanding land management was probably the word I was looking yeah. for. And where we've, you know, oh, that seems a bit, Oh, why is it that we associate new with being better, isn't it? And don't get me wrong, in many, many ways, new is a lot better. I'm very grateful for my house with my central heating and you know, access to internet and all of those things. Absolutely, I am. But we do have to stop like chucking the baby with the bathwater. We have to stop yeah. chucking all of it out. It's that going, linear time stories, thing again, isn't it? Yeah. It's like we
1: privilege linear time, like progress we, we went from this dark ages time to here that's linear time so in that story of progress we have to get better and better otherwise it makes you question the story which we're not supposed to you know that's patriarchy mm. that's the story whereas obviously with goddess time with spiral time we know that things happen in cycles and that we go back again and we revisit we spiral we go back and it, that does undermine that idea of like constant progress we're always getting better and better and better because you know it's that's not actually true yeah (laughs) lots of ways like when you're saying about land management that's we see it like that now like is that what you said before about like having dominion over things like dominating things Mm. that's seen as being like the goal to kind of like i'll manage this whereas no i'll connect with this i'll be in relationship yes co-create with this
0: Yes. Oh, can you imagine if we even, for for all of the things, and I think this is very much like that the the conversation around power. It's like so many people I work with are almost afraid of their own power because they associate it with dominance. Their their experience of power has been power over, and it's usually Mm. they have been the one with power over them, and it's terrifying Mm. um, to not have that sovereignty or to have a choice or to be able to have a say or feel like you have no influence over, like, what it is you you're going to do with your life and when we start regaining and like coming back into relationship with power it's like oh it's about co-creation it's not about dominance it's about showing up it's about expression it's about radiance rather than ruling you know it's like an inner authority and integrity rather yeah. than dominance and i think it's almost like we have to go back to that you know the relationship of you said it as well it's like the relationship of power but also the relationship of trust of trusting ourselves of not giving our power always to external forces oh there's a story it must be true yeah i read it in the newspaper it must be true yeah. <laughs> and it's like or not i'm sure it's true for some people what's yeah. your experience of it and people are almost afraid to have that story in case they're wrong yes yeah,
1: yeah. they haven't got that trust in themselves that this i mm like we we do certain things like buzz for us, you know, feel joyful for us because they're true. And when we can trust that feeling, things just get so much easier and more connected. And that's definitely what I feel like goddess work is doing. Is like allowing people to connect with their power again in a way that is co-creational, a way that is relational and not in the relationship of, like master and servant is a whole
0: different relationship it's a it's a dance yes dance Mm. weaving the web yes Mm. so where can people find out more about you and your work well I've Recently redone
1: my website so you can
0: find me I did look at it actually. It's very lovely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm on jessicainthemoon.com and uh, I also have a YouTube channel where I share lots of things. I do a video every week on there, and like some of them are more fun things, like kind of I get a goddess provisions box and I unbox that and things like that. But then I also do teach there as well, like about astrology and connection Mm. with the moon cycles um, and tarot as well, because that's a really big part of my practice. And I've got, if people are on Facebook, I've got a really lovely Facebook circle as well, the Circle of Kindreds, where it's kind of a, attracts people in. It's like taking on a life of its own, it's lovely. You know, people are sharing Yay. things about their own practices and like everyone's different and they're but connected with the same understanding of the world as magical, which is really lovely. Yeah. And all of those links will be in the
0: show notes. So everyone scroll click (laughs) brilliant thank you so much jessica i really enjoyed that conversation um yes to bringing the goddess back front and center the leading lady of the stories or the leading presence of the stories as we need to do the same
1: yeah Yeah. thank you so much for having me it's been wonderful i hope you really enjoy your training as well because that sounds really exciting i know i can't wait i will keep (laughs) you (laughs) posted.